And now, performing our next nominated tune is a man who has repeatedly proven that he cannot talk. And who tonight will prove that he can't sing either. Vince McMahon performing, and I believe this is good advice for all of you here and at home to put your fingers up, your ears, and stand back, Vince McMahon. All right, we going. What a money reside, what a money reside, what a money reside, what a money reside. Okay, let me tell y'all something, I'm doing something real big this month. Any deal that y'all got and they beating us, I'm going to be about $400. Just give me a minute and a paper because I'm asked what the word. What a money reside, what a money reside, what a money reside, what a money reside. Oh, yeah, this is episode. God damn. Ew. Bro, that's the first thing you hear me yell is ill at a giant Allen jump shot. <laughs> Yo. Oh, man. Um, yeah, you watching the game, and I'm watching uh, SmackDown, and I'm trying to figure out where Cesaro get that true jacket from. It's blue, blue. I need that. That true jacket. Bro, Emmanuel Crickley is going... He going crazy. He going crazy, crazy, crazy on the cash right now. But yo, uh, welcome to Show You Work, episode six. It's me, your boy Nelson, aka um, the Puerto Rican Rob Van Dam, aka Uchiwali. Uh, I was well, Uchiwali Zerbiak because it's, ba- it's basketball season. When it's baseball season, it's Uchiwali Backman. Um, and I'm here with my my illustrious co-host. State your name, gangster. I'll never uh, say I'm illustrious, but uh, this is why <laughs> I ain't illustrious at all. Uh, okay. Damn, uh, dog! Is... It's just a compliment, shit. <laughs> I know. You see how you see how when dudes compliment each other, the other one, man, man, don't say shit about me. Come on, man! It's fucking 2021, man. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. You can't compliment me. Listen, man. Fuck it, bro. I, I know. I know. I'm comfortable with myself. I can't speak for the rest of y'all, motherfuckers. Oh no, I'm very comfortable. But this is uh, right, Banks No Rest. <laughs> this is Banks No Rest too, or Banks in this instance, aka the Beige Scott Steiner, aka Beige Man X, aka the Beige Cesaro with the hairline to go with it. That is hilarious. Yo, I have a new name, bro. But I I wanted to keep it for baseball season, but I'm gonna say it now. I am also Marcus Stroman's Durag dealer. So if you see him with a blue and orange two tone during the M- uh, during the NLDS and uh, in the World Series, he got it from me. Hey, I need one of them. I might get one when I go uh, when I go north. When I go Shit, up north, I, I need to get one. Shit, I, I got long hair. I will wear like a two-tone blue and orange dude. I got the Mets win the World Series. I'm going to look like Kip from Napoleon Dynamite. No, nah, I'm playing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Peace out, Napoleon. Peace out, Napoleon. Bro, that, that, yo, that movie was ahead of its time, dog. It was. That, when you talk about, like, dry humor, like, before we came on air, I'm not a – 
big fan of the office. I think it's mid, but that's just my opinion. Don't take it to heart. Yeah. But like, bro, Napoleon Dynamite is super dry humor. That and Leechy Lubre, which is from the same director, and that them motherfuckers movies is hysterical to me. What Nacho Libre? Yeah, Nacho. Bro, Nacho Libre is bro. I watched that with my girl like a couple like a month ago. We were crying. I'll be yelling at you, Encarnacion. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm not gonna. My girl loves The Office, and like she, like we watched a good amount of it. I didn't watch it all because, like, obviously it went off streaming services, and um, which is actually hilarious. We could segue into that, by the way. But now it's that it's on the NBC Peacock streaming service. So, but I still got how the box set. So, like, we I'm, we gonna watch it anyway. But um, it, it's one of those shows that I get why people like it. Like, I like it. I'm not the biggest fan of it. Like, I res- but I respect it. It's like people when people don't watch Law and Order, I'm like, damn, like you missing out. But like people like I understand the impact of Law and Order. It's something like that, you know what I mean? It's just a cultural, you know, really good show. But yeah, Libre, what he said. I am singing, singing at the, at the bar. Bar. <laughs> Yo, that that fucking show, that movie is hilarious. Oh man. Um Actually, you're speaking since we're speaking of you know since I brought up the NBC deal, uh, you want to talk about Vince McMahon? Money, bro. Vince McMahon is where the money resides, bro. The money resides in Titan Towers, okay? <laughs> okay. He definitely because you know what that's he's one on, of the last and, few people to come out of a limbo. He gonna come out the limbo like buddy. And that's on that's on um that's on that's on Mark Merrow. That's on Rey Mysterio. You you heard, okay? But nah, man, Vince McMahon, bro, three banks, three billion dollar deals in three years. The raw, the raw. I think the raw USA re up was was it this year or last? Not this, like twenty twenty or late twenty nineteen, if I remember correctly. That was a billion dollar deal. Uh-huh. Fox goes to SmackDown in twenty nineteen, billion dollar deal. And now with the news that um, the WWE Network in the United States is going to be part of the NBC Peacock streaming service network for another billion dollars. Uh, so he has three billion, three one billion dollar deals that are going for the next, I think, like seven years, seven, eight years, if I remember correctly. And in regards to that, um, the details are a little bit vague. But from what I read up on it, how it works is if you have the WWE Network, you're going to basically get grandfathered into the streaming, the Peacock streaming service. Um, the early terms is that, uh, you'll get, you'll have access to the network and also the NBC service for $5 a month. And then you could pay $9.99 with no ads. So if you really think about it, if you want to, if like, if you are just going to have the ads running, you basically pay a half price for two streaming services, but with no ads, you be, it's basically a wash and you get in the extra streaming service to me. I think that's a deal. I heard some people bitching about it and I'm like, fam, you're just getting more shit for the same price that you're paying now. So I don't understand what the problem is like i could get understand if the user interface is different i could understand like i could understand if it's something like that like maybe it won't be as buggy or anything but the wwe network did have his moments of being you know a, a user interface horror so i think this is nothing this is this is a big deal this is a great deal i think honestly and it's going to help them get more subscribers. Like they had a million subscribers already with the network a little bit over a million i think the nbc one has like it has a lot. I forgot the number actually. I'm gonna look it up now. But um, what's your what's your thoughts on it, bro? Uh, I'm going with the no ads because I got money now. Shouts out to the uh, California uh, government 
for that. I'll just say that. So I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead on and get that no ads. Just like I got Hulu free trial just to watch Snowfall because you know my straight service is not working. That's not Hulu. It's not working anymore because yeah. of the people. So I got Hulu just for one month so I could binge watch all of uh, all of Snowfall until season four comes out. But so with the Peacock. I think I might be able to actually get it for free because I got Xfinity Mobile, but I, I think you got to have the actual stream service. Regardless, I'm all in. You know what I mean? I get to watch Everybody Hates Chris, I guess, in 1080p. So I'm definitely about to tap in with that. And then otherwise than that, with the uh, stream service, I mean, it's just a lot of stream services to begin with anyway, so. Yeah, yo, Banks, you hear me? Yo, Banks, yeah, you hear I, me? all right, cool. Yeah, yeah now nah, my Bluetooth was wilding out. Um, yeah, that's not that you know, it's a good deal. I mean, to me, I mean, and I, you know, people were saying the NBC stuff actually, you know, it kind of got shitted on because they were throwing all the soccer, you know, all the soccer games and the or excuse me, the football games. If you watch this internationally, do not kill me, <clears throat> excuse me. Those games are on and they were kind of getting taken away from NBC Sports Network, but NBC Sports Network is folding too. So all that stuff is gonna be on there as well. So I mean, I think it's a win-win for everybody. But if you if you ask me my honest opinion, but you I mean, were saying, I mean, you, we was ten dollars for the for the WWE network anyway. So why not you know sign up with yeah. Peacock and then go ahead and get everybody hates Chris. What else is on there? I saw something else. I was actually Parks, oh, Parks and Rec is on there. The Office is on there. All that shit. So. So all the WWE Network people that were pissed off about the office getting taken off Netflix, you cannot watch it for the same price. Exactly. So My man said, Banks, I got the no ads version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's 50. Yeah, bro, it, why not? Like, I hate ads. Like, I don't want to sit here nah, and I watch commercials about Snicker bars or whatever the fuck. It's fucking watching all types of shit. Yeah, yeah. Nah, I get you because like I I don't like it either. Like the who like who I'm just glad with Hulu. Like I think like I've been using Hulu a lot more now, but that's because I started watching um if you're afraid of anime people, I started watching Initial D again. Mm-hmm. So shout out, shout out to my dog Takami. Yeah. You feel me? But yeah, shout out to the eight, shout out to the A6. Nah, I love Initial D. Um on Hulu Crazy, I didn't know they had Space Dandy on there. That was the only reason why I had the Funimation app. Oh, really? Oh, damn. Yeah, I got to watch more. I, I feel like Hulu has a lot of animes that I didn't know that they had. So I'm going to definitely tune in and check them out. But yeah, I've been watching Initial D. I'm actually almost, I'm like halfway done with the first season of it. And I think they, I think they have the second season. Because it's, it, like, correct me if I'm wrong. Because I'm not like, a, I know about anime, but I'm like, a, I'm not like an anime snob. The second season technically was a movie, right? Or some shit like that. Uh, it's like there's a legit first season. The second part of Initial D technically is a movie. Yeah. And then the third and fourth season are like legit seasons, right? Yeah. I, if uh, I'm, my memory serves me correct, I just remember that they had like a movie. They had a live action movie because most uh, animes, the popular ones from like yeah. the 2000s, the early 2000s and all that, they had like live you know, right. I mean, action, and then they'll have a movie to go with it, and then it always ties in. It's like a mega episode, and then it goes into the next season, or sometimes the next episode, not immediately, but a little while yeah. after. Like, yeah, it transitions uh, into it. 
yeah, like attack uh, Attack on Titan. I'm not the biggest fan of the Attack on Titan, but they have a live action movie. I, Initial D is like they have a live action movie, but I'm like, ain't that Fast and the Furious? It's basically Tokyo Drift. Yeah, in a sense, yeah, because like the story with Initial D is, I mean, Tokyo Drift, of course, they took a lot from Initial D, which isn't a problem, but. Yeah, that's what it basically is. So oh, I've been watching Initial D in a while, which is crazy. That was oh. when I was watching uh, Ghost in the Shell as well. You know what's crazy? Uh, don't do not kill me for this. I probably have watched like five episodes of Ghost in the Shell. How many seasons is it, and is it worth it? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, and I could Google this shit, but I'm trying to keep you know my memory good as much as possible. I believe it's one or two seasons. It threw me off. <laughs> Yo, I'm like apologizing to the viewers and the and the listeners, man. Banks and I had like a 20 minute conversation about literally anything and everything. So this is transferring into the show now, which is great. Like fuck it, like we can give you topics and we got topics, but at the same time, you want you want two hours to be filled with just everything, bro. Let y'all yeah, know man. we got show your work for everything, not just yeah. you know. Hell yeah, I I got a story about that. About the movie in general, that was around the time when I was actually, or it was the year I was working at Universal Studios Hollywood, and I remember we got to see the movie for free, and I just remember at the movie theater, like the little screening place we went to, because it was a bunch of, they hired a bunch of hood kids, and then most of us got fired. I, I got fired like a couple months later, but I just remember like, bro, we was in the movie theater, and then my homeboys and shit that I was cool with before they got fired. Yo, as soon as that song came on, they just start crumping. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, that was, bro, that you, was the crump anthem? Because we had we had the uh, the badges. Like, you gotta have the badges to go to like the uh, the lot, like the yeah. side lot. So when we yeah. got through to watch the screen hall, I got to see Miami Vice too. But that movie sucked. Uh, we went to see Tokyo Drift, and like we was just in there, posted loud as hell. Like the white employees was mad. Some of them left. And some of us giving that look, but like I said, we coming from like all different parts of LA working at Universe Studios. They didn't care. They was like just hired niggas. But we was there watching the movie, and I'm like, bro, on cue. This how you know it's just it's a spirit thing with us. Cause as soon as doo, 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 start getting up, all you see is a bunch of niggas start going crazy, bro. Y'all was looking like the y'all was looking like the Chris Brown wall to wall video. Bro, it was looking like Wakanda before the Wakanda. It was looking like Black Panther before the Wakanda, bro. The X is putting the X on HS going crazy, bro. That's hilarious, bro. I think a nigga did a backflip, I swear, bro. <laughs> he did a backflip, so I wonder if you know. But the thing is, on beat to that, you got to be like, I don't know, you got to have Tourette's or something to stay on beat going crazy. They had the crump. You know what's crazy? I actually like the uh, Lil Yachty song that kind of flips it. That had a ASAP Rocky and Tierra Whack. That's all. I don't really listen to Lil Yachty like that, but I was like, that song was kind of tight. I like Yachty. That album is actually fire, but I know exactly what song you're talking about because that showed how great Tierra Whack is as an MC. Yes, definitely. And part of me is fire, too. Oh, my. One of the greatest feature verses ever. Like, that's yeah. one of the greatest. That's one of Future's greatest verses ever. That beat sound like a thousand babies kicking in unison. Bruh, that beat is insane. Like, when the motherfucking snare and the bass drop, I said, wait a minute now. Like, he just started it off like that? That's how you start off the song? Shit. You know what's funny? I just got a pair of uh, 
over-ear Bluetooth headphones or some Sony's. I got them for like 150 because they were like almost 300 bucks. Mm-hmm. And that shit sound amazing. I'm like, yo, I got to listen to part of me on them headphones now. Now that I think about it. I just sold in the car, but... Sony... It, hold on. Uh, go ahead, because I got to look for this other company. Oh, Nura. Nura Phone. Have you ever heard of them? It sounds familiar. I'll send you one. But, like, I heard Sony HDR headphones with the 360 sound on it is fire. But I heard these are great as well because, like, you already know, like, I'm a technical guy. That's why I, like, I hate the fact that right now I'm recording with no MIDI output, output like, yeah. no soundboard. But that's about to change next week because I like shit sound a certain way. Yes, I'm a technical sir. nerd. I'm yes, a very sir. big technical nerd when it comes to, like, mixing and all that. But, like, yeah. so I like to spend money on good headphones where I can hear everything. So It's crazy because I, I have a microphone, too. But I'm a next week. You know what? Next week I'll test it out. Yeah, we got, you know, I mean, I, I, I can mix it, but, you know, now yeah, I'm definitely about to have, like, you know, sound equipment because I hate my shit sounding like uh, Soldier Boy in 07. You sound like Joe Budden Moon Music too. Yeah, no mixing whatsoever. Shit, shit, not shit sound like Camera and Vado Boss of All Bosses tapes. Damn, bro, I remember those. One, two, and two point five are fire. Three, on the other hand, I'm I'm mad that he made us wait that long for it. Yeah, they was getting into it around that time. I think that's what. And you know what? You know what's crazy too? Like I actually tweeted this about a, a I would say like it was a, actually it was like three four days ago, bro. If you ever find because like Arab Music put all them tapes out like of like some of those beats, fam, those beats sound insane without Cam and Vado on them, like. He, I, cause I actually like used to watch like his old, like if you listen, watching Air Music play at NPC Live isn't, is like not real, cause that mm-hmm. shit is just crazy. But like, I, I think there was a video like where he's playing shit for Alchemist and he's like, yo, how do you have it sound like that? He was saying, like, I mixed this shit off of NPC. So like, probably it's, it's like Air Music beats and with vocals over them is like when you, when you upload a picture on Twitter, like it just fucking kills the quality of it. It's the same thing. Like once they put the beat on Pro Tools, like the, the quality of the beat is gone. Cause them camera, I'm like, these beats are crazy, but Cameron's engineer, they sound like they're recording in, in the fucking underwater le- uh the uh, the uh, underwater level of fucking Donkey Kong. Like they recorded in aquatic ambience or whatever the hell that level was in Donkey Kong Country too. I'm like, fam, this sounds terrible. I can't I cannot listen to it like that anymore. Yeah. No, nah, it's because you got to mix it down. That's why, like, yeah, you know, especially back then, the mid to early 2000s, that's when they really started just having, like, and that's something that Soldier Boy innovated. Oh, my bad, yo. <laughs> I'm like, this nigga dropping everything. Yo, you playing pool? Yeah, I was playing pool. ADHD, he like fucking. Let me go play pool. It's like when the dream was on the shine gear versus, and he started playing golf. He started playing golf. Nah, bro, that 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 uh that um that versus was nasty. No, that's my favorite one. Well, not second favorite. Ashanti versus uh Keisha Cole is my number one. Bro, that Sean Garon was wild, bro. Man was just doing wild, weird things on camera to say the least. But, yeah, hey, no. That's that. Hey, that's Sean Garrett for you, I guess. No, nah, he. I mean, you know, when you off a bean, I guess that's what you do. I never right. been on. Hey, I'm not gonna kiss no. 
camera. I'm not gonna tongue kiss the camera, like bro. Man was tongue kissing his fucking his tongue kissing that frontal camera. He was like me looking at Sasha Banks. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I guess that brings it back full circle. Vince is where the money, uh, like I said before, I'm going to say it again, man. The tying towers in, in was it? Is it Stanford, Connecticut? Yeah, that's where the money reside right now. I mean, she, going back to her, you know, in a none lustful way, I think she like on Vogue magazine. And she, was on, and she was in Star Wars, too. Hey, man, fuck it, man. Get your money. And, of course, everybody else going to hate on it, but. Hey man, these wrestlers getting money. Listen, man, we we in a uh, we in a Pangea right now, so you got to get your money any way you can. That's what he's looking at. You know how people say legacy and all that shit. Like he understand that once he's gone, nobody will be able to have these insane ideas that he has. Because mind you, with Vince, people always say like this shit is ass. What are they doing? But when it hit, it really, really hit. Like for a minute, we didn't have nothing. Except for the women really cooking and saving pro wrestling as a whole. But we had Braun Strowman as fucking champion. But then he hit the switch with Roman Reigns and then put Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman. It was like, see, that's how it worked. Like, he ain't going to give you everything. And then how it works with him is, it's like, all right, it's going to happen when it happened. And when it does happen, it feels different. Like, with Kofi Kingston, Kingston won that title, it hit different compared to what it would have been probably like 10 years ago. That is not. That is a fact. Like, there was a dry spell for a little bit, but it, it's. I mean, uh, the really the only really main blemish to me is Raw Monday Night Raw because it it did Monday Night Raw did get boring. Like, it's hard to watch Monday Night Raw now. But like SmackDown is still where it's at, and I mean the Royal the Rumble is Sunday, so let's see what let's see what happens. You know. Right. Speaking of the Rumble on um, Sunday, I'm doing a room. If you on club, if you are on elitist clubhouse, it's not really that elite no more because you know they let. Never mind. I ain't gonna get into it. Talk that shit. Nah, nah. Because you know what it was, bro. Like a lot of the thing is, and it's funny because I had this convo with my girl the other day. Actually, I had a convo with my girl today. We were in a. I'm not gonna name names, but we were in a certain room with a certain group of people. Well, I'm gonna say my people. Let's just put it that way. And like they people, a lot of people talking about yo. Let's have these hard convos about stuff. And like, let's have difficult combos about certain things that are impacting our community. And it's like, you want to scream at you for not buying the LLC? Well, that too, because they, yeah, you, uh, you made you don't get no Doga coin, get that LLC. Like, man, shut up. Anyways, is that? And a lot of these cats, they, they talk about, oh, let's have hard conversations. But to me, like, I figure if you're going to have a conversation about some shit, like, conversations are supposed to be solution based. And a lot of people be like, yo, let's share stuff. Let, you know, share your, your opinions. But it's like, nah, you just comparing opinions. You're not sharing them and you're not have being aware and you're not trying to get a solution at the end of all, everything. Even if you agree to disagree, still, at least this has to be some type of solution. It has to be solution-based. Like, even in the sports rooms I'm in, in the sports room club I help run, shout out to the shout out to the gang. But, like, you know, like, we have conversations and they're, they're, they're solution-based at the end of it all, even though there's debates about it. And a lot of people, they, they, they don't even have conversations with the base. They just they just talk about narratives. Like, it's a whole lot of nothing. But anyways, sorry about that rant. Bring bring the original clubhouse back um, for when I, had, when I only had three invites. Um, no, I'm not selling them. Don't ask. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, Sunday, 4 o'clock. 
if you follow me um, on Twitter or if you see me on Clubhouse uh, under the We Are Sports Club, we're doing a Royal Rumble room, a watch room at four o'clock Eastern. So yeah, just come through, talk wrestling. We'll watch the Royal Rumble as a as one happy family. You know what I mean? Um, I'm a boo loudly if certain people are the number thirty entrant or win the Royal Rumble, and I'm not going to. Well, I'm not going to name those names because we'd be here for another hour and a half. But yeah, all I'm saying is I hope Bianca Belair wins the women's one, and I hope uh, the men's one. I kind of hope Shinsuke wins. I ain't gonna hold you. <laughs> I want I want Shinsuke to I want Shinsuke to win it for cha- for chaos reasons. I mean. I, the reason why I said the fiend is going over or Pookie, Pookie too, <laughs> Pookie, you know Pookie in Act Three from uh, New Jack City for all y'all young folk. Uh, bucks. Just because you know I said it before, like they've been hiding it and yeah. he hasn't came back yet, so then he's not gonna come back and not get put over. Like it's just weird because they really believe in this fiend shit. Like the incels, you know how you said pre-production, like you know Kevin Owens inspires the incels to get into pro wrestling. I think more so is The Fiend. The Fiend has never, at least Kevin Owens has did a backflip. He's jumped off of shit. Hell, The Fiend or Bray Wyatt, when he had them tight ass sweaters, he could barely uh, turn left. He What's that What's that shit? Uh, I can't turn left. Zoolander? Oh, yeah, Zoolander. Zoolander. Yeah, that man, was, that man was wearing fucking 51st date. He had a fucking 51st date to tire on. Doing Duh. sister, Ab- doing sister Abigail's in Hawaiian shirts. Why is he built like Despicable Me, that like the, the super villain from that? <laughs> Man, built like one of them. You know the you know the cricket commercials. He built like one of them in a Hawaiian shirt. Like, what are you doing? He got a triangle back. He built like uh, most of the white women in Florida, bruh. <laughs> but yeah, man. Um. Uh, I mean, I'm interested to see who wins the Rumble. I mean, I'm not going to lie. The last couple of years have been really good. Aside from what was that, 2015 and 2014 when Daniel Bryan got shitted on and, you know, they tried to force Roman Reigns on us. And uh, the number 30 entrant was some Rey Mysterio. I think that, those are the most boos I've ever heard Rey Mysterio get in his 30-year wrestling career. Yeah. I, yo, I'm not going to lie to you, Banks. I felt genuine. Like, I'm a Rey Mysterio fan. And I was like, why is he here? Because like he wasn't, you know, he needed that he needed that time off in the sur- in the Kobe surgery. Recipes Kobe. But I'm like, damn, I'm like, bro, I'm trying to think, like, have I ever heard Ray Mysterio get booed as I'm watching that? And I'm like, nah. He didn't even get booed like that in his first WCW match. Right, right, right. I mean, well, I mean, granted, it was it was a great match. Don't you know? It wasn't like it was bad, but I'm like, damn, not even in a bad Ray match has he gotten booed. Like, damn, thing, he got booed, booed. Because the thing is, uh, with WWE fans, they particularly get bored very fast because they spoiled. I think, or they just weirdos like. You know what I mean? Because with the underground or the the indie fans, you already know what to expect from them. You already know to expect like uh, nobody washing their ass. Uh, they hate women. You know they fat. They probably got some Dunkin' Donut that's coming out the side of their neck. So you already know what to expect for them. Uh, they creeps. So you know what to expect. But with WWE fans, it's like they are overfed sometimes, and maybe that's the method to you know 
Vince's madness. It's like, all right, bet. So I'm going to keep letting y'all starve. Like, he's a drug dealer. I'm going to let you starve. Then I'm going to feed the streets again. You know what I mean? Or if I got all the work at or if I got all the work at one time, then, you know, it's the price. So basically, he just said the price is going up because the brand and pro wrestling as a whole, pro wrestling as a whole is in the most popular time of its life, bro. Like, pro people could argue with us but we about the same age and we started watching or me in particular, I started watching pro wrestling around the attitude era, bro. It's by far way more popular now than it was back then. Like the endorsement deals alone, they get endorsement deals like the NFL and then the workers going off and do other things. Like obviously this being the bag is coming from the popularity of his own. And I think it's mainly because they got people of color. Like honestly, if yeah. Roman Reigns wasn't champion, Sasha wasn't champion, uh, Naomi wasn't champion a couple of years ago, Bailey, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, they would not be getting these bags because they're getting it not, they, bro. It's not like they're getting it from like fucking like back in the day when they was getting it from Sci-Fi or just USA, Nate, TNN, USA, Nate, TNN. Yeah. Um, what else was on Spike T? Fucking Spike TV. Yeah, they had, you know what I mean, TNN had ECW when they got their first big deal. So yeah. it's like now, it's like... You could only you could only watch ECW for, for the young folk. You could only watch it for the period of people of my age. You could only watch ECW like at 2 a.m. on like yeah. public television, bro. Same. Like with me, I was able to watch it in L.A. like late at night on the the red box you know what i mean not yeah. the red box the, where you get the dvds from but like the red box with the numbers on it yeah, so, yeah the, the illegal box yeah i had that joint so i got to watch uh massive square garden network on that shit late at night so i got to watch that shit like my time like 11 p.m and then i yep. also watch before velocity what was that shit they used to come on like saturday nights with wwe uh, um it wasn't mean event, right? No, nah, it was just something that used to come on like Saturday nights, late as hell. Mean event was the. I think no, what was it? Damn, not damn. You got me thinking now. Because it wasn't know, heat. Because he no, used to watch think, it on Sunday. I think they used to do no. Because I remember at one point they did like a they did a um, man, mother, what was it called? They did a Monday. I know they did a Monday night. They used to do a Monday night Raw recap where they basically put Monday night Raw into an hour. I remember they used to do that. Hold on, I think I found it right now. Let's see what the date is. There was WCW Pro. I remember that WCW Saturday night. Yeah, because it wasn't Shotgun. Shotgun was from oh Jack. It was WWF Jack. WWF goddamn WWF yeah. Jack. Remember WWF Jack. Holy shit. Dog, that's how we know we old. They used to come on like Ooh. late at night on Saturdays. Jack and then Metal. But I remember more so uh Jack used to come on like bro. Oh, Metal was in the UK. On Sky Zone. So, yeah, we had Jack that used to come on, bro. I don't even remember what channel. It wasn't like USA. It was just like an off-brand channel late at night. Because SA Reels, he was the MVP on that and uh, Sunday Night Heat. That's the only time you got to see SA Reels with the light heavyweight title. And uh, Gilbert used to come out on Jack a lot. SA Reels, bro. Listen, if you don't know who SA Reels is, S.A. Rios thought S.A. Rios helped birth a uh, was the be was the genesis of a uh, a women's wrestling legend. Yeah, Lita was yes, the sir. manager. 
Lita used to not say shit and do that fucking some uh do the moonsault and walk out the ring. Yeah, because he used to stay having a match against like Taka Michinoku. That was the only person he used to have a match with. Fam, they used to wrestle each other like three times a week. Bro. And then, <laughs> and yo, then when yo, Unaki, uh, got together, that's when they uh I don't even know who they used to have. They used to not even have tag matches. They used to just be like managing each Beef, other, beefing and cut and 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 doing commentating. And they did that nasty article, that nasty angle with Val Venus. You remember what y'all talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I ain't gonna mention. I, I ain't gonna mention it, but yeah. But yo, do you remember when Takamichinoko got thrown out that Royal Rumble like three times? And his fucking head, his head hit, hit the, the floor. Yo, I'm evil for laughing at that, and I'm sorry, but fam, his head, Taka Michinoku got that CTE, bro. He a Japanese worker, so that was like a badge of honor for him. Shit, you know, we know how Vince don't love them Japanese workers sometimes. Bro, remember uh, Gang Grill, or no, Midian used to be on there. Midian was like the MVP of Jack. He used to be Midian on there all the time. He used to be SA Reels. Uh, Albert, Albert, and uh, Draws used to be on there all the damn time. That's crazy. Like, they was the MVPs, bro. Crash Holly RIP used to be on there all the time. Definitely, bro. Where the where the fuck did SA Rios go? Did he go back a, to Mexico? That's a good question, bro. I ain't seen him literally in twenty years, bro. SA Rios was like a a merengue singer. Nigga, S.A. Reels was Andrade without the true religion clothes. He had the red hair too, though. Yeah, let me oh, see. He, he's still wrestling. Where the fuck he wrestling at? In the boiler he's wrestling. <laughs> in the boiler room. He is currently wrestling in... Uh... Well, what the hell? It says he made a surprise appearance at, at tri- uh, AAA Worldwide. All right, so he was in WWF. Then after that, he went to he was a trip deep player. You know, he was in AAA for seven years. He did TNA for one year as Poppy Chulo. He was in the X division, and then he went to um, CMLO for seven years as well. So he so basically is resting right now to uh, pay back the flood. Griselda Blanco. He's a luchador. Well, now he's Mister Aguila. That's his name. Yeah, because he live in Tijuana, so he definitely got the plug. That man might be Narcos. That man. <laughs> bro, RIP Crash Holly, bro. That nigga used to come out. He used to be uh, two tons. Then he'll be five tons. He bring out that little scale. But that's, that, yo, that shit was funny. Yeah, he he yeah. 29 he hardcore champion. He went back to his own name, basically. S.A. Rios. His name was his name was Aguila before he went before uh before he came to to uh WWE well WWF at the time and then that's when he wrestled he wrestled Taka well that's funny he wrestled Taka Michinoku for what maybe the first time at WrestleMania fourteen. <laughs> Kaitai used to have me be rolling, bro. Bro, them they were dead. indeed indeed. Bro, we need I need to get that as a soundbite. Oh no, I'm working on that. We got it. We definitely gonna get the soundboard. I bruh, need sound for all the shows. Bruh, our soundboard might be insane. Indeed. Yeah, because you know I take little clips from shit I like and I just put it in there. I'm like, I bet nobody got this shit. Facts. 
But um, hey Vince, let me borrow a dollar, man. That's all I'm asking. No, expeditiously. Oh, I can't say that. Yeah, I need a dollar. Yeah, don't say yeah, yeah, don't say that, don't say that. You know, we're not saying that. Just Vince, uh-huh. let me hold some. Vince, let me hold some, bro. This going Damn, to I forgot guys. about this, bro. My fault. I'm looking up when uh they tried to run a fade on Sunday Night Heat with the Acolytes and the Acolytes power bomb the shit out of Funaki. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, they used to get, bro, they used to get smoked, bro. Because everybody taller than them and like weighed 100 more pounds this is when they actually like had heavyweights that's a fact remember taka had that fire ass match with triple h for the title yeah what 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 was it was that like a monday night raw or was that a pay-per-view i think it was yeah it was a monday night raw because remember he got a couple near falls and it was like nah bro he put that pedigree on there and we thought he's gonna kick out but taka had a hell of a match Shout out to Takamichinoku and Funaki. Shout out to Kaintai. Indeed. I know what I'm doing when we done recording. I'm about to look at a bunch of uh, Kaintai promos and <laughs> bust a laugh. You're going to be laughing your ass off. <laughs> For real? Uh, bruh. John, speaking of true, you said uh, true blue earlier. John Morrison. I feel like John, John Morrison got definitely has stock in true religion. No, he's been wearing them pants since like 05. When he was John, facts, since he was an ECW. Oh, you talking about the old? I mean, the new old ECW. Bro. The new, yeah, yeah, the, the the bad ECW. Yeah, the one with with less heroin addicts. With the worst pay per view of all time. December to dismember. Oh my god, horrible. But hey, we could talk about wrestling all day. But let's move on. Um, damn, I don't really want to get on the somber note, but I feel like you, what you want to get into actually. I'll, 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 I'll get you on the next. You got the next one. No, let's let's get over the somber stuff, man. Hey, you know what man. I mean, listen, rest in peace to all the black legends. Um, I mean, we lost, I know. Yeah, yeah, my fault. Um, I was gonna say, um, we lost. You know, I know one isn't uh, one isn't a sports legend, but she is a legend. Uh, you know, for for black, amongst black, just in general. But she's a fucking legend. A black yeah. woman who made a transition. Rest in peace to Cicely Tyson. Ninety six is a life and then some. And um, she made she made her uh, she made her transition. So rest in peace to her. I mean. What what can we say, man? How you drop your memoir and they be like, "Yo, I'm out." That's a way to go. Exactly. You know, and they, you know, and the thing too is like she didn't start acting until she was thirty, and that tells you, hey, man, it's never too late to chase your damn dreams Absolutely and work for and work, and work for them. So when I read that, I felt a lot more motivated because I'm getting I'm close to thirty. I'm knocking on that door. You know what I mean? I'm already washed, so I'm already at thirty uh, mentally, but uh, you know. Physically, I ain't there yet. I haven't made that that rotation around the sun, but I, I appreciate that uh, the fact that she she became an actor in thirty. Look what she did for decades, and you know, lived a great life, fruitful life. So rest in peace to her. Absolutely, you can yeah. never go against God's timing. You know what I mean? Like when it's your time, it's your time to win. You know what I mean? Like 
she got in when she was 30 and then it just took off from there and she made herself a legend like she started at 30 bro like you don't become a legend instantly that shit takes time it takes effort and for her to leave especially in the state of the world and just in general with uh our people in general it's just like you know to make it to that age is a blessing because especially for men man we go so fast in this life people of color particularly black men we go so fast so for her to see 96 years old look good look like she wasn't even 90 bro that's the thing too she was 90 she was 96 and she looked you know for 90 i was like damn 96 even right. i was shy I, you know cause i knew she was old i was thinking like because the thing is with me like shout out to my girl she got me to how to get away with murder so like i knew about sister tyson already but i didn't know she was in that show so when i'm watching i'm like damn how old is Cicely tyson like whatever and then that's all 95 i'm like what like she looked she like she was like in her late 70s early 80s but hey man black don't yeah, crap, not even probably like 60 bro she did not look like that old that's the thing that's like the skin was on point and everything like she still she still had her mind too that's the main thing to be that old and have your mind like she was still like sharp whereas you know some people get older and they kind of you know lose their mind a little bit so to speak because of old age but she kept her her mentals so that, that's that's beautiful man no nah, most definitely um but rest in peace to Cicely Tyson and then in regards to today we lost a coaching legend in college, in college basketball with John Chaney um, passed away at the age of 89. Um, I mean, most notably known and, you know, coached at the University of Temple in Philly for 25 years, from 1982 to 2006. Um, I mean, he's in the Basketball Hall of Fame and College Basketball Hall of Fame, was inducted in 2001 to the Basketball Hall of Fame, the college and 06 in the College Basketball Hall of Fame. Basically, after he retired, they they gave him the reins. Um, won a Division Two tournament, uh, NCAA Division II tournament as a coach for Cheney State. Um, won eight uh, Atlantic 10 regular season titles, won six Atlantic 10 tournament titles. Uh, he was a five-time coach of the year, and um, he was the Associated Press, NABC, and UPI coach of the year in 1988, and was also the Division II National Coach of the Year when he won his Division II title. I mean, the man's a, I mean, the man was a legend. You know, we I I always laugh because every time they bring up John Cheney, like he uh that when he fought Johnny Calipari, I don't know if you have you ever seen that video. I think I have. Yeah. So so I, in the mid nineties, um, they, up in the room. Yeah, they were in the room and John Calipari was on the, on the podium. Yeah, I seen that. He said, when he they said, had, I'm gonna, he said, I'm gonna whip your ass. Yeah, I seen that. That's what they had like an ESPN, like the greatest tirades and john calipari was just looking up there looking like he was shook a little bit well yeah so yeah john cal yeah so that that's a funny thing i know a lot of people were tweeting about that um but basically you know in the mid 90s because temple was in temples in the atlantic 10 and then you know umass when john calipari was there when it were you know briefly within the atlantic 10 as well and i think and they're just in a room talking and john <laughs> john cheney someone whoop your ass and like mm -hmm. it's funny because after that, like John, they became best of friends. Like they, like anytime they saw each other, like they would joke about when John Calip John Calipari almost got the pulse put on him. But um, listen, man, Temple legend, 
a basketball legend, a big five legend um, in Philly. You know, if y'all don't know about Philly, the big five is the big five colleges, which is uh, it's Villanova, Temple, St. Joe's. Don't kill me. I know the other two, uh, Drexel and LaSalle. So in Philly, he's a legend and he's just a legend, you know. He's a he's just a he's just a legend, man. I mean, he was a fiery coach, and like I always think about that rant, even though he was a great coach. <laughs> and I'm gonna read the actual transcript of this shit. So he actually threatened to kill him in that conference. And called him coach called John Calipari an Italian son of a bitch. Cause he said John <laughs> Calipari. Because <laughs> John Calipari was manipulating the referee. Allegedly, John Calipari was manipulating the referees. And he kept I, and so I thought that yeah but i mean you know they they did piece it you know they did piece it out though because um they did piece it out though because you know at, you know after that they called you know they they reconciled and also the funny thing too is when the derrick rose situation happened john Calip- uh, john cheney actually defended john calipari in that situation so i mean Listen, man, at the end of the day, a legend and coaching, a Philadelphia legend, a basketball legend, and may may that man, you know, I'm grateful that that man, you know, that man made his transition. May he rest in peace. And I mean, I hate, I hate, this is, I feel like bad. I feel like this is like a, a, a damn obituary that we talking about. But listen, at the end of the day, these people that are passing away are not only legends in our generation, but in the, the generations after. And these are people that we were reared and, you know, were influenced and inspired and you know admired these people so moving on man absolutely and then it's, it's just showing love to the elders man you know what i mean of they, course, they, man. they ancestors now and that's beautiful so it's, it's showing Definitely. love we got we listen man we got three great ancestors in one week. we got cicely tyson john cheney and last but not least the legend man hank aaron um mm-hmm. 86 i mean listen man 25 All-Star. Listen, we want to talk about the 715 and we'll talk about all that, but 25 All-Stars is fucking insane. 25. 20. And mind you, two of those did not get played. Um, because they weren't they were they were naming All-Stars, but didn't actually have uh All-Star games. So um in regards to Hank Aaron, his batting career, his statistics are he had a career average of 305. 3,771 hits, 755 home runs, and 2,297 runs batted in. Um, like I said before, a 25-time All-Star, World Series champion in 19, as well as the NL MVP in 1957, three-time Gold Glove Award, two-time National Batting Champion, four-time NL Home Run Leader, four-time NL RBI Leader. Uh, his number was retired by the Braves and the Brewers as well. Um, and actually, I think there was a there was something with uh, I think it's the Atlanta Falcons were going to retire number forty four in the upcoming season, kind of as a tribute to him, because you know not only is he a legend, you know, on the field but off the field in the city of Atlanta, he is he's well revered and well renowned. Um, obviously, in the Hall of Fame, I mean, we you know ninety seven point eight percent first ballot. It's a crime that he not he was not unanimous, but we know how old white baseball writers are, and when it, we could get into that another day. Um, because we definitely got to talk about the Hall of Fame and shit, bro. The Hall of Fame really don't mean nothing at this point. Yeah, and I'll get into that when we talk about um a certain another uh black baseball player who got a job with the MLB. But we'll we'll we'll, we'll discuss that. It it always correlates. Um, so let's see. 
I mean, obviously, 755, he broke the record. Um, there's actually a funny story. There's actually a crazy story about when he hit 715. So I, you probably read about how that guy got so much, so much hate mail and like crazy mm-hmm. threats. He just was for like playing thousand, just for playing baseball because he was gonna beat their white a white man's uh a, a a white king a white you know their the white man's king's uh, home run record. He was getting death threats for it as uh, he was about to break the record. And there was an article a couple years ago where they talk about like where he talks about like you know the moment he is seventeen, and if you ever watch that video, the two you ever seen the, when he ran second base, and the mm-hmm. two white two white guys running alongside him, and he said like bro I was scared for he literally like he I'm paraphrasing what he said but he basically he said something along the lines of like I was scared for my life like I thought I was gonna get killed, yeah, and you could tell like he played it real cool he's just like yeah whatever he was scared as fuck but like the white people were actually cheering for him. But that's how real, like, his, that's how much his life was threatened. And I feel like, you know, he was a great ambassador to the game, not only just for the sport of baseball, but for amongst black players, also Latino players, because that was the time when you had Hank Aaron was playing, Willie Mays was playing, Roberto Clemente was playing, you know. Yes, Roberto Clemente, you know, people, yeah, he's Puerto Rican, but he was an Afro-Latino, like, he was dark-skinned. So they grouped him with, you know, oh, you black just like them, like, you know, we're going to treat you the same way. So... You know, those guys paved the way for the Ken Griffey Juniors and the Barry Bonds and the guys that we revere now. And, I mean, with Hank Aaron, like, he just – just a fucking hell of a player, man. I mean, you know, let's just – I'm trying to see what – I'm trying to actually see because I know he still holds records. Um, I'm actually reading it right now. So, he does hold the record for all, most all-star selections. He shares the record for most all-star games played with Willie Mays and Stan Musial. Um, he is one. I'm just checking right now. He is one. He still holds the MLB records for RB career RBIs, extra base hits, and total bases. He's also top five in career hits and runs scored. And he's one of only four players to have at least 17 seasons with 150 or more hits. Um, he's second place in home runs. Obviously, Barry Bonds is number one, and at mm-hmm. bats and third ga- third time in games played. So basically, when he retired, he held. Almost, if not all, of the power hitting records, and um, also, you know, outside of him being on the field, he held front office roles with the Atlanta Braves, including senior vice president. And I actually did not know this till the other day when you know I was reading up about it. He actually, you know, that that the, when the Braves were like crazy good in the nineties when they had you know Larry Jones. I mean, excuse me, Chipper Jones. I'm a Mets fan, so I call him Larry. Um, <laughs> I call him by I call him by his government name. So his mama uh, Larry. I'm gonna call his mama call Larry exactly. So Larry, nah, but Chipper, uh, Andrew Jones, John Smoltz, Tom Glavin, Hank Aaron was actually the director of the of the farm system at the time, and he was the he was the kind of the guy who you know helped scout you know made the decision to trade to draft to help draft those guys and also to scout them and you know get them to the position where they are where they were where they were all well revered in their own right and you know the '90s Braves teams are you know we know how good they were. So he actually did um he actually did help the Braves not only on the field but off the field you know with multi, with different front office roles. Um and it's funny because I didn't did you know that he actually uh he actually owned like mad car dealerships too? No, I actually didn't know that. Is it in the Atlanta area? He owned the Hank he owned he owned Hank Aaron BMW of South Al- in Union City, Georgia. Where he would he would include an autographed baseball with every car sold. 
Oh, for that. Oh, uh, you know he, he stayed was across the street from the Dungeon Family Recording Studio, right? I did not know that. That's wild. Yeah, apparently the Dungeon Family Recording Studio, where uh, Organized Noise recorded at or used to do the production at, was across the street like from the crib. Bungle. The crib, like where they lived in the basement and shit, where they all used to chill in that basement. Oh, that uh, wasn't that one. Of, oh no, or the actual studio. I think just the actual studio. Okay, yeah, because I know I forgot whose house it was that they recorded like their mom's basement. I think it was one of organized noises, one of the yeah. organized noise people. But um, yeah, that's I did not know that. That's pretty wild. Yeah. And oh, you know the candy bar, O Henry. That's actually mm. Hank Aaron's candy bar. Damn, I ain't heard no so, O Henry for a minute, but I know exactly yeah. what you told. Yeah, that was actually a Hank Aaron candy bar. So if, if, if you see an old Henry in your store, please cop one, and hopefully that goes into the pockets of the the, the man, the, the man's estate. But um, he also owned a bunch of, he had the Hank Aaron Automotive Group. So he actually owned a bunch of uh, car dealerships. And he basically sold, he also sold everything but the Toyota dealership in 2007. And he actually owned the chain of 30 restaurants around the country. Um. But I mean, you know, aside from that, just a model citizen and a bat, like I said before, an ambassador of the game, a legend. I mean, a, one of the greatest players of all time. I mean, that's not even a discussion. One of the greatest human beings of all time. And, you know, and, it, you know, I, the, the, the thing, too, is like the people tried to paint him in a weird light because especially when the Barry Bonds thing happened, they tried to act like he didn't want to be there. And he said, you know, out of respect, he said, you know, listen, man, like I broke those records, but my the way I play was meant to, those records are meant to be broken. Like if Barry Bonds breaks my record, I feel good about that because that shows that somebody came to my level and the game is evolving. And you know how white people get about their records. They get all buttered and broken. I mean, they fucking that practically threatened this man. Threatened this man's life over a home run record, like, which is ridiculous. You ain't Babe Ruth, nigga. You trying to break Babe Ruth record. We can't have anything. The niggas just running the bases very fast with their nigga bones. Hey, man. Ah, just, yeah. You, we, know, we know how people get it. It's, it's disgusting. But at the end of the day, man, you know, you know, people were trying to, you know, Hank Aaron, 86 years old, like I said, man, uh, uh, a very eventful life and you know i hope that you know yes he did do a lot of things off you know off the field as well as on the field and we know what he went through you know due to people being racist and not recognizing that man's greatness you know aside from the people who did but i mean he lived a fruitful life you know 86 is a long time to be on this earth and man you know i just i thank that man for his contributions to not only baseball but to humanity Absolutely. Yeah, uh, it's just, you know, like the podcast is, man, you show your work and you run your race in life. That's what we're learning from, you know, from Cicely Tyson to Hank Aaron that we just spoke of to John Chaney to the late, great Kobe Bean Bryant. It's just like, man, no matter, yeah, man. you know, how long you're here on this planet, man, just run your race, do what you need to do so your legacy right. can live forever. Like we talk about people who, you know, won't be forgotten, especially, you know, the Cicely Tysons, the Kobe's, and the Hank Aaron's like that, they'll never not be talked about. Definitely. I mean, even though with Kobe, I mean, this was, what was it this past Tuesday, the 26th was a, was a year to the, to the day, which is, 
that was just, that's pretty that's still a something that I think about all the time. Like I'm like, damn, Kobe really not here. This shit don't seem real. I mean, I remember where I was where I, when I found out Kobe died. I remember like I remember like it was yesterday. I literally was playing basketball. I'm not even trying to. I'm not even exaggerating. Yeah. I literally was. A, I remember it was a Sunday. I finished. I finished playing ball. Like I was. I was on. A, I was on the court for a little bit, so I had a nice run. Oh uh, yeah, let me go check my phone. Whatever. So I'm in the gym, and this white kid's like, "Yo, listen, Kobe got into a car in a helicopter crash." Bro, I looked at him like he cursed my. Like he he called my girl out of her name or something. I'm like, what? Look at my phone. Like my sister texting me, my mom, my 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 girl. Like I said, my girl, my lady texting me, my dad. They were like, "Yo, did you hear about Kobe?" And I'm like. What you mean? I look and I seen, I saw it. I'm just like, oh man, come on, bro. I left, I left the gym, bro. Like, yo, and it's funny because the gym started slowly emptying out. Like, I, I'm looking at my phone, like in shock. I see people slowly leaving, and that shit did not seem real. Like, it was a very strange, it was a very strange thing. And you know, with me, you know, with death, and you know, especially with death, with people who, you know, when it's not their, you know, when you feel like it's not their time to go. You know, the guy practically finished his basketball career and was living his second career, you know, not only, you know, as a father and as an entrepreneur outside of the league, as an ambassador for the women's game, and just to see his life get, it was, it's upsetting, you know, because you kind of wanted, like, damn, was he, he wasn't able to live that second part of his life. But, you know, in his short 40, you know, in his 41 years here, man, the, the man left a legacy and a, and a reputation that not a lot of people were able to have, so... I mean, it was it was tragic. It's tragic. It still is tragic. I mean, I can only feel, I only can only imagine how Vanessa and the and you know their daughters feel. How you know them losing a sister and a, and a you know daughter. How the family of the other people involved in that crash feel. Like it's just you know like everybody said it was like a normal day for them. You know, and for it to end like that, man, it's just it's tragic. But you know, we you know you'll never you know we. It's a it's a hard thing to process. Still, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I, I ain't gonna hold you. I ain't cried till I watched the game. Like, I remember. I don't know if you remember when they reran the 60 point game. I, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna watch it. And bro, the fourth quarter, bro, I lost. It. I started crying. I cried like he, like I lost a family member. Like no funny shit. Like I, I lost it. Like I'm not even gonna lie to you. Like, I cried. I cried like a girl when that shit happened. And I mean, it, it's still surreal. But at the end of the day, man, he's. As long as, even though he's no longer here, you know, obviously his legacy is going to be forever. So, yeah, I was in Atlanta when I got the news. <coughs> I remember vividly like it was yesterday. I was coming from uh, some chicken spot because there's about 200 the motherfuckers out there. Uh, and I was in the Uber, and all I remember was somebody next to me was like, Kobe on the car crash. I said, I mean, a helicopter crash. I said, man, get the fuck up out of here. Because out in Atlanta, it was, like, cloudy and gloomy and shit like that. So they said apparently in L.A., it was, like, super foggy, especially in that Calabasas area. So I just remember he said that. I'm like, man, that shit's a prank. But then it started, like, news just started pouring in fast. And then when I got the phone call from 20 people in L.A., I'm like, bro, I'm not David Algers. Why is everybody calling me for the news? Uh, I was like, damn, this shit's real. So after that happened, it just kind of messed up because remember it was the same day as the royal rumble yes it was yes because the funny thing was i was going and you know what's the wildest shit now that i think about it i remember i was gonna wear i have the kobe ones i have the final seconds colorway with the 
the number eight attached to the Laker colors. And I was like, yo, I'm going to wear my Kobe's today. Like, because I had a black, I think I was going to wear a Ray Mysterio shirt, which is ironic. And I'm like, bruh, I didn't want to look at my Kobe's for like, I didn't look at my Kobe's for like three months. I, I just didn't want to believe it. Yeah, bro, because it was just like, it just, it's, it, it messed up my day. I really didn't have too many words because you try to fathom everything that you just heard. And then when you watched the Royal Rumble, they brought it up. Of course they would. But it was just like, it just didn't seem right. And then, you know, as days progressed, it's just weird because the day, you know, the night before it happened. So that Saturday night, I was trying to sleep. And, bro, I cannot, I couldn't fucking sleep. Like, I could not sleep at all. And it was like, you know what I mean? It wasn't like, damn, I got a bad feeling something about to happen or something like that. It was just like, bro, I could not sleep. I was up to like 5, 6 a.m., which is very rare for me. And I'm just like, bro, I, I had mad energy. But then I was like, bro, this ain't normal. So I was like, all right, whatever. I finally went to sleep. But then it was just like when that news happened the whole day, it was just like, bro, you got so many thoughts running through your head because I was like, because I thought it was just him. And that fucked me up. But then when I found out he was his child, too, it was like, bro, that, that struck a nerve. And I, I just remember everybody in L.A. where I'm from, everybody just telling me what was going on. I'm, I'm kind of glad I wasn't in L.A. because that shit would have been depressing because everybody's telling me what was bro, going I could on. Ima- I could imagine, man, because being a you from L.A. Yeah, so everybody talking about, like, it was people. I remember my mom was telling me, like, all her neighbors was outside talking about it. And the city just was like. Broke, bro. So I can imagine. I'm, I'm thankful I wasn't out there for that because I know that would have been like, that would have been eerie. And then you know you seen everything that happened with the Staples Center. Like people were just there, like every day, putting out, you know, paying their respects. People crying. It's like, bro, like even running back in my head the news reports and just everything from then on just didn't seem right. Like to this day, like it just it took months. And when I mean by months, it took months, if not like, you know, because now I'm at this point now where you still be like, I can't believe that shit happened. Like, I'm not like, you know, over it, like, oh my God. But it's just like one of the things we're like, damn. It just like, doesn't seem bro, real still. Yeah, it just, that's what I'm saying. Like, more so, it's like, damn, bro, that really happened. Like, it's, it's very much like, damn, that really happened, bro. Like, you be having to think about it. Like, that shit happened. So, with me, after that happened and me transitioning to the place I was living at for a couple months, it was just still weird. Like, bro, what the fuck? Like that really happened. Like it just kept like every day I just kept thinking about him. And then I remember I went back home in July. And when I got back to the city, you know what I mean? Maybe because time had passed and because, you know, the Rona hit, I mean, I saw, you know, a lot of dedications to him, but it just didn't feel like, and it's maybe because of the Rona and that, like that's when I start realizing how LA is changing because it just didn't feel the same. It felt like the city as a whole, the soul was taken, especially, you know, more so for people like us. When Nipsey died, it was something of what the fuck. Like that was two years ago, bro. Right. And that still don't feel the same. But it's just a year after, you know, Nipsey died, then that happened with Kobe. And then now it just seemed like that happened to the city. It just really took the soul out of it. You got somebody that's from South Central LA that grew up not that far from where I grew up at being Nipsey. And then you got Kobe who basically grew up in LA. And we got to see him 
become, you know, 17-year-old getting drafted by the Charlotte Hornets and then getting traded to the Lakers for Vladi Divac. And you saw that to him becoming the father. And then, you know what I mean, just everything involved and what he did for the city. And it's just kind of like, damn, like, bro, like that maybe heroes for, you know, superheroes in L.A. are done, bro. It's like, shit, yeah. you got Batman and Superman is dead. And it's just like it's no other Justice League member. So it's just it's just you lost the piece. Wanna, LA lost a piece of their identity. Yeah, it definitely because now you know, and, and and we're going, I'm going on tangent, but I'm a you know, I'm That's gonna cut cool, it in a minute. I'm gonna cut the promo in a minute. It's just you know, the main thing is just like you know, years it's justification is taking over America as a whole, probably the world as a whole, but you just don't have white people buying shit out overseas you got more so other people buying stuff out but still so let me talk about america gentrification as a whole is taking over america but in la gentrification is really showing that it's ass like it's buying places that you never thought they would buy and they taking it from people that are from there and you know it's it's older black people that you that still stay in Baldwin hills but they got grandfathered in, but then it's these white people buying up all these properties when I feel like the younger black people are supposed to be buying their properties. So why am I saying all this? It's just based on how we had these heroes and then now it's less heroes. And then it's just like L.A. just has a new identity because it's nobody there to really represent it. As you know, you had these two young black men being Nipsey Hussle and you had uh kobe who represented something you know kobe with his game of heart and you know it was just more so a, the mamba mentality is just a thing of and it was perfect for you know particularly anybody that's from la and you have a laker fan that whole mentality of never quit even when shit looks bad and you have that because you got to work your ass off just to maintain when these people are privileged or buying up a lot of houses that you want to work and get and you want to buy up your block. And that's what Nipsey was talking about. So when you don't see that motivation anymore and you feel like the villains are winning, you tend to give up. And that's why I feel like the city as a whole is losing its soul more so because there are no more heroes to defend them or somebody to look up to. And you got to become your own hero, but shit, sometimes self motivation is hard as hell to do. No, most definitely, definitely for sure. Um, I mean, damn, I couldn't, have, I couldn't have said any better. But like you and you were saying too, like with coat, like with you, you're in LA, so like obviously it hits a little bit more. But like from even for like the whole growing up with them, like. I mean, I was born, I mean, you're a couple years older than me, but like, I was born in 91. Like, my first memories are the end, the 96 to 98, maybe a little bit early, actually. Like, I remember the 94 and 95 mix, but like, you know, Jordan, you know, the, the, going into that second repeat, and then, you know, the beginning of Kobe's career. Like, we practically grew up with Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we saw Kobe Bryant go from, go from a kid to a man. I mean, I mean, I you probably saw Kobe Bryant live more a lot more times than I did. I mean, the last time I did see him, I didn't see him on the farewell year, but I saw him the second to last season. Uh with my homie, shout out to my homie Fernando. Um, this kid I went to school with. We actually went to that game. Like, I think he I think I was gonna go Dolo. 
I forgot exactly how that happened, but we ended up like last minute, like, yo, you like, yo, you got tickets? Like, you trying to go? I right, bet, cool. He had an extra ticket. I fucking bought that shit. I said, yeah, fucking, it's Kobe. Like, I'm not going to say no. <laughs> like, so I ended up going. It was a Sunday game, I remember. But my first time, I actually went to the 98 All Star game in New York. Like, when the, the last, not this past All Star game in New York, the one before that, where mm-hmm. it was Jordan's last All Star game. And Kobe's first, and then George Carl took him out because he because he was a rookie and he was hating. But yeah, um, but that was my first memory. Sometimes like I used to love like watching that game because like I was there. But like now seeing it now, it's just weird because I'm like, damn, Kobe really is not fucking here. Like, yeah, I really wish I had the chance to see him play, especially because you know I was down the street or not that far from the Staples Center, but I didn't get a chance. I- I'm very much blessed. I got a chance to see. LeBron played before the Kobe hit. I got to see him a couple of times. And if anybody that's listening, if you, if we do have fans in attendance within the next year or so, do yourself a favor and see LeBron play while he's still here, while he's still in the game. Because, you know, watching it on TV is totally different than watching it in person. It's a better experience in person. So I really wish I got a chance to see him and Shaq play being Kobe, but you know, I, it's, it's one of the things where it wasn't my time to witness that in person, but to see it behind the screen and see his greatness is still a privilege on its own. So, no, definitely. So, man, Kobe, rest in peace. And, um, yeah, man, I mean, that's ain't nothing more else to say, man. Unfortunately. In a physical form, we lose not legends, but we gaining ancestors. You know, some good ancestors Absolutely. too. That those are those are four great fucking ancestors. I say it Absolutely. most definitely, most definitely. Um, actually, I have breaking news. Uh, baseball wise, Nolan Arenado is conf- it's confirmed. Nolan Nolan Arenado is going to Cardinals to St. Louis from Colorado. Um, the pat the deal like who who's going where has not been officially announced yet. Um, the deal will most likely be cleared by Monday. Basically, Arenado has a no-trade clause that he basically has to waive. Um, uh, this is according to Ken Rosenthal. And it says, the deal is unlikely to be official tonight, maybe not even this weekend. He Arenado needs to formally waive the no-trade clause and his opt-out after 2021 also must be addressed. And the basically, the MLB has to approve the trade. The, the, the who's going where has not been confirmed yet, like I said. Um, and the Rockies are sending Cardinal the Cardinal significant money, believed to be in the fifty million dollar range, and Arenado will be deferring that money. Um, honestly, this deal—I'm not shocked that it happened, but I am at the same time because allegedly, I remember re- I, this deal was rumored like a year ago, mm-hmm. actually. Like right before spring training and the pandemic hit. And then I guess when the pandemic, you know, obviously because of the pandemic and MLB canceling spring training, they kind of they kind of halted the deal. They kind of, you know, it kind of went, you know, to the back burner due to the pandemic. But um, I'm shocked that it happened now. I thought it would happen closer to spring training. I'm shocked they even went back to even going into it. But I mean, it's it's a good trade. I mean, I did. I want the mess to get them. Yes, kind of. But at the same time, it's like, you know what? I'm not mad about it. It's a, it is a good trade for the Cardinals, though. I mean they they somehow keep they somehow get a strike with these deals. They got Goldschmidt a couple of years ago. They get Arenado now, so it's going to be interesting to see how he fits into that team. But um, 
just a just a quick insight into it. Nothing's official. It's going to be official probably until Monday or Tuesday in regards to it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right now, like I said, I have I, I just saw that on the Bleacher Report while we're recording, so I haven't looked in depth into the trade. But we definitely are right now at a point where a lot of teams are making a lot of moves, man. That, that's all I can really say. It sounds like you know the basic shtick, so to speak, of me saying it. But a lot yeah. of teams are making a lot of moves, so we got to look at. I'm definitely gonna look at the American League more probably. Than the National League, like I usually do every year, but you know, right? I mean, yeah, there's still deals happening, but we'll see. Well, you know, obviously nothing, nothing's official, and I feel like things are gonna heat up more as spring training comes. But yeah, because spring training is moving, coming up in about, what two months, three months? About yeah, like about a little under two months. Yeah, as of now. But um, moving actually in regards to the MLB, I actually wanted to get into um, man, let's get into the let's get into the uh, the Griffey shit. So Ken Griffey Jr., the news, it was official, effective today. I literally just had to tweet up, and I blanked out. I did not read it. Hold on. Give me a second. I had the steaming, too. I got you. Oh, you Let got it? Oh, my, my. Let me see. Because I had the Bleacher Report up. Shouts out to Bleacher Report. We need a sponsor. Uh, uh, I hate I hate Bleacher Report. I hate your list, but yeah, shout out to your content. I guess. No, I never look at their list, but yeah, yeah, them list. So them Bleacher Report lists are like con are called like complex lists. So okay, I got it right now. So um, per guess we, guess we ain't never getting a job there or a deal. Oh well, fuck it. Uh, I show like, my cool. I show my we show our work. Exactly. So uh, per MLB.com. Griffey named commissioner's senior advisor for it seems to be yeah the the lead advisor to commissioner yep Rob Manford so he's the senior advisor to the commissioner yeah you cause and it says and his basic no I got you got it my fault no you got it you got it no 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 uh it's the basic I'll let you go over the job description but I'll just read his quote and let you run with it uh He's basically saying, and I quote, I'm trying to get kids to play baseball. I think it's the greatest sport in the world, and I want more kids to play, end quote. Uh, I'll, I'll say that a quote. Quote, kids don't think that they can make a living playing this game because they are too small. You got guys who are future Hall of Famers and Hall of Famers who are under five foot nine. It's not the size of a person. It's what you can do on that field. I could care less if you're five two. If you can play ball, you can play ball, and I want you. End quote. That's some real shit. Um, and in regards to his role, I mean, because yes, Ken Griffey is right. Um, so here it says he will consult with the MLB on a number of issues, and with a special emphasis on baseball operations and youth baseball development, particularly regarding improving diversity at amateur levels of the game. He will also serve as an MLB ambassador at youth baseball initiatives and added special events such as the All Star Game during the postseason. Um, and actually, he's been serving as an ambassador, as a youth ambassador since 2016, but he became a senior advisor. I mean, I don't know if Theo Epstein, because remember Theo Epstein, who used to be the Cubs and Red Sox, um, basically the masterminds between those World Series, just World Series teams. I know he has a role in the, in the commissioner's office now. Um, and maybe, I don't know if he, he spearheaded this hire, but, um, I mean, it's a great hire. I just, I don't know. 
I, I feel like it's twofold because it's a great hire because it's Ken Griffey Jr. And Ken Griffey Jr. is one of the greatest players of all time. I mean, he is he inspired a whole generation of black and even Latino players. Like in the nineties, like for me, it's Griffey Bond and the golden generation of Puerto Rican players that came in that came up. You know, mm-hmm. me being Puerto Rican, like, you know, Pudge Rodriguez and you know, um, and you know, we, we, you know, we know all those guys, but um, Griffey inspired a, a generation, and you know, that generation is now our age, maybe a little bit older, and now they can, they, you know, those those people can show their kids like, hey, listen, this is the guy who got me to like this sport, you know, and that can, you know, that can maybe lead to some diversity and make me have kids play baseball. The thing too is, baseball is also an expensive sport. So we have, you know, there's also that dilemma also that the MLB is facing. And hopefully this isn't a performative thing because sometimes I feel like from our words, they go into God's ears. And we have discussed numerous times about how the MLB has a severe lack of diversity and a severe lack of marketing because this could be a twofold thing as well because Ken Griffey Jr. was one of, if not the most marketable baseball player in the 1990s. I mean, the man, the man is the reason why everybody wears hats to the back. Mm-hmm. He had a fucking Nike deal. He had a video game. He had like he was the face of a of a city and a face of baseball, you know, for 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 a group of people. Um, and he inspired a generation, like I said before. So I mean this could work both ways, but I just hope, you know, I just hope that this set this moves the trajectory in the right direction to have more black and Latino players um, you know, in in the youth stages, you know, come and you know, eventually be able to make the major leagues. I hope this is a performative because just because the MLB realizes they it's a it's a sport run by all white men, and they're slowly losing the sport as you know we you know as we can see clearly you know shit is happening like with people not being voted to the All Star game and I mean not the All Star I'm sorry I'm shot the Hall of Fame and that whole fiasco going on like you know this is a step in the right direction for them and hopefully they actually you know they actually use. You know, Ken Griffey Jr. is actually cited and well revered by the peers in the commissioner's office, and hopefully they they take his they heed his advice, and they let him do his job. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hopefully, you know that's my main thing. I think about. I'm thinking about. I should say, uh, they actually let him market. You know, they they should let him do what he wants to do, and of course, as advisory, and this is just what I feel you take what the commissioner is telling you and then you do it. But at the same time, you are letting him know, I don't think that should work. You're not being a yes man per se. You listen to what he's saying, but then you also, you're also being at his King Griffey, giving him an insight as to this is what we should do in order to get more players to come into your league. So you can make more money off them. If you want to be realistically realistic about it, that's, that's all they, that's what they really just want these players in there for is to make money, especially the owners. Uh, so if you listen to him, because he basically, in my opinion, wants to say we need more, more minority players. Yeah, you want kids all around, but we definitely need more minority players in the MLB because right now most of the great players are minorities. So, you know, all the rednecks that had the, the dreams of, it being predominantly white sport that that's been coming to end for some time now. It's just like pro wrestling. Those, those times are over. So with Ken Griffey, he's saying that he wants kids that are five, nine and under to play baseball. 
overall, he probably does mean everybody in general, which is fair to say. But at the same time, I think he actually wants more minority kids in there. Uh, if my memory serves me correctly, he said something along the lines of that when we were when I was listening to him on uh, Shannon Sharp's Club Shay Shay uh, interview or podcast, as you, whatever you want to call it, that's on YouTube. So he was saying something along the lines of that because we we do need more kids of color playing baseball. It's just it's expensive to play, and you got to travel a little bit further out to get to those baseball programs. So they need to set up something financially sponsored by the MLB because Lord knows they have the money and then some to be able to help these kids from the inner city in order to get them to participate in the sport where you'll make more money, uh, you can play more years. It's slower. It's not basketball, but you'll make more money. You'll make more endorsements. You'll play, you'll play longer. You'll play longer. You'll have some injuries, but not like basketball or foot, especially not football injuries. So, I, I I think so. And then overall, baseball is such a universal sport compared to a basketball or football that you know it, it helps you depending on what else you want to do. I feel like it's the same thing with the WWE. Like, yeah, you come in here to pro wrestle, but I feel like you can go do other stuff as well if you're allowed to. So I feel like with the MLB, if you get in, yeah, and you got a passion for it, do that. But also, if you think you want to do something else, you pretty much have, and you're an all-star, all-pro, you definitely have the lay of the land, so to speak, because you can go overseas and decide to do something over there, marketable, or do something over there if you got a passage project because they know you over here. No, and I, excuse me, I agree with that, definitely. I mean, I just hope they let him do his role, and hopefully, you know, that does inspire kids to, you know, play baseball. Hopefully they find a, a happy medium where, you know, they understand that the the sport is an investment. It's a pricey investment, but they can find a way to donate, you know, have like the, you know, have something with, even within the RBI program where you could donate or buy bats for kids, buy a bucket of baseballs buy them hats buy them gloves like you know have drives like that like that type of for the community so that you can give these kids a chance because hey man all you got to do is give a kid a chance and then you know kids will take that elsewhere man listen this kid this kid in in in, in these land countries puerto in, in you know the dominican republic and fucking puerto rico and wherever baseball you know where is you know prevalent these good these, these dudes before they go into these youth academies are playing are making gloves out of milk cartons bro like you know what i'm saying like you know you give it. You give these kids a chance. You give these kids an opportunity, and you know I would do something like that. You know, maybe invest some money into buying back buying equipment for kids through the RBI program. You know, it's an right, investment, right. but at the end of the day, that's just gonna that shit's gonna pay off. Because, bro, baseball baseball looks like the government right now. It's a bunch of old white men who who think you know their old ideals from the nineteen forties are gonna help them in twenty twenty one, and that shit ain't gonna work no more, bro. No, those times. Uh... It's like the the gift from what's the name from Malcolm in the Middle. The time is now or the time's up, Grandpa. Whatever it is, it's it's one of those things. Yeah, yeah, man. I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's just you know, it's just time for them to give it up. And then you know, when we'll talk about the Hall of Fame eventually. It's the same thing. It's like, bro, like I mean, we can get into it now. Sure. I mean, you know, for the most part, with me, all I gotta really say is, it's like. This show, this shows like how the Hall of Fame is just like it don't really mean that you just you get in. It's an honor, but at the same time, man, if you know you're great, you don't really need an award for it. I mean, they still twenty some years later they've been 
Pete Rose from getting in. They won't say he been, but he's banned from getting into the no, Hall he, of Fame. He, he's a he's a what's that shit they say? That if you're not banned, what is it? Shadow, you're shadow banned. Yeah, he's shadow banned from the Hall of Fame. Just because he gambled which, on the sport, which is he bad. Didn't but, on, but he didn't gamble on himself. He didn't gamble on games that he was in. He didn't. Perm- he, he didn't. He didn't face games, bro. That man has the most hits of all time. How was the man? With- it, it's fucking crazy to me, right? How and speaking of another famous black baseball player, how Barry Bonds, these people talk all this shit about Barry Bonds, the greatest yet, of all time. Kurt fucking Schilling almost made the Hall of Fame. Kurt Schilling's a piece of shit. Yeah, Mike Piazza is as well. Kurt Schilling, I mean, yeah, Mike Piazza kind of was, but Mike Piazza was good. But I'm not gonna say that because I'm a Met fan. But Kurt Schilling's a fucking listen. Kurt Schilling. Kurt Schilling did this whole, oh, if I don't make the Hall of Fame, I don't care. Then he want to make, he gets a 71%, and then he want to talk about, yo, I'm taking my name out. Like, next year is my last year, and I really don't care. Like, bro, and it's funny because he shot him, he, he shot himself in the foot because really, respectfully, even though I wouldn't buy into it because, like I said, Kurt Schilling is a piece of shit as a human, and all he's known for it. And honestly, if you want to keep it a foul wow, as a pitcher, he was really good, but I don't think it was Hall of Fame. A fucking bloody sock is what got him there, but you know, well, well you know that. We'll, we'll, and I'm gonna keep that at that, okay? Right. Because let's keep let's keep it let's keep it a bean. He was not even the best pitcher on Arizona either. Randy fucking Johnson was, but anyways, um, Kurt Schilling literally could have did the all. Oh, listen, man, I fucked up. You know, my right wing rhetoric is messed up. I apologize for you know for the people I offended. Blah blah blah. Apology to you know the apology tour. Donate some money. Shake hands, kiss babies. My bad. Whatever. And he might have probably kind of would have made the Hall of Fame, but he's a dumbass and basically said, "Nah, I'm not." Make-. He he did the whole like, "Oh, like if I make it, I don't care. If I don't make it, I don't care." But then you were ten volts away, and now you want to talk about, and now you want to cry wolf, like Chris Schilling. Sorry, excuse my language, it dick, and I'm gonna keep it at that. But the thing with that Hall of Fame that is ironic is, fam, how is the best hitter, the the most, the greatest hitter of, the leader in career hits, one of the greatest hitters, if not the greatest hitter of all time, in Pete Rose, not in the Hall of Fame? How do you have Barry? How do you guys talk about the PEDs and complain? Meanwhile, you know who's on the ballot next year, right? Aaron David Ortiz. I wonder who's gonna get out of out of those two. Probably both. Meanwhile, yeah. you want to hold you want to hold something against Barry Bonds. Well, mind you, if Barry Bonds Pittsburgh numbers alone, he would have made the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds is one of the greatest players of all time, maybe the greatest player of all time. I think he's the greatest. If you look he, at the and, RBI, oh hell yeah, he, before PEDs, he was still great. Barry, you know what Barry Bonds is like? Barry Bonds is like the NBA talk. You know how people have the NBA like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar talk. Like if you say Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the greatest, I don't even. I'm like, Ben, you got it. He got the he got the he got the numbers and accomplishments to show it. And so does Barry Bonds. I mean. You know, bet I mean it, it's crazy how Barry, how the NBA, how the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame has all of Barry Bonds memorabilia from when he broke the home run record and when he was breaking all them records left and right when he had the full, was it the, the 40 40 year that year he had in Pittsburgh and like yet yeah, you can't you can't put that man in the Hall of Fame. How do you have all of that man's how do you have all of that man's memorabilia from all his notable accomplishments? Yet you can't recognize the man Barry Bonds himself. Why? Because he didn't talk to the media a certain way. You know he, you know, you know, unlike other people who failed drug tests and then had to do the apology tour to get to get back in the graces of the game. A Rod, I'm looking at you, buddy. Barry Bonds ain't failed a drug test. So how you hanging that over his head? 
Right. And all he used to say was no comment because they asked him the same shit every time. No comment. He never snitched on anybody. He didn't hold Jose Caseco, nobody. He just didn't speak on it. He was like, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Listen, Barry Bonds didn't fail a drug test, bro. At all. That, that's And that's the thing. It's like, if you fail the drug test and lie, like, okay, I get it. But, like, bro, the man did not fail a drug test. Where, where are we getting to with this? It but, just... It's a this good boy. That's all it yeah. is. This is a boys club. Like, you know, for the most part, you got to be clean cut. They still live in a 1932 mindset with, you know, you got when you eating steak and potatoes and fucking green beans, you got milk next to it. Like the old sitcoms used to have. They come from that mindset. It's a bunch of old ass white dudes that just say you got to be super clean. No drugs. No peas. Which sounds unfun to me, but you can't have none of that to get in the Hall of Fame. If that's the case, fuck it. Just don't put me in the Hall of Fame. Maybe I need the deer antler spray so I can knock this motherfucking ball goddamn 30 yards out. Fuck it. If I can't get in the Hall of Fame, but I, man, fuck, you know what? Fuck a Hall of Fame anyway. Fuck a Oscar or Grammy. Give me the motherfucking check, man. Let me do my job. That sounds like Hall of Fame to me. Give me $200 million and I do my job and I become great. I put my numbers up. That's good enough. I don't need no Hall of Fame. Right. So this is the first year technic this is the first year, I think it was since 2013 that nobody in the the actual voters were the baseball writers who I'm let me uh, I won't get into that also who are holding back baseball. They were they were able they were this is the first year since 2013 that the baseball writers did not um vote somebody into the Hall of Fame. And this is the first time, I think since like 1960, because they have the um for people who don't know, so with the Hall of Fame there's two there the elections that are from the baseball writers so like with the first ballot and such and you get 10 ballots after 10 ballots if you don't make the the 75 percent first place votes out of the cumulative votes you don't get in you you don't you're not allowed to get through ballot so they didn't vote anybody in this year but also there's a veterans committee so those are guys who like those are basically guys who might not have gone in the first 10 years who kind of get a second chance where it's like, oh, wait, hold on. It's like a revision. It's like, oh, shit, let's look at his numbers. And the uh, the Veterans Committee votes on those people. So nobody, they, because of the, those, those elections usually take place in the winter meetings, which obviously due to the pandemic, the winter meetings have been canceled. So this is the first time that not one person is going to the Hall of Fame this year. Yeah, because it's all based, for the most part, the writers are the ones that say this person should get in. That's the whole problem with Barry Bonds. It's just the writers don't like him because he was very condescending to them because they they bullshit. Like when you see these ESPN, or not ESPN, but when you go on YouTube and you see all these rants to the media, more times than not, it's because it's, it's the baseball players going off because they ask the same questions, the gratuitive questions, the, it's just like, dude. Man, they ask the same like, bullshit, man. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So, and then, you know, he, Skip, being Skip Bayless, he said, yeah, Barry was, you know, mean to the media because I think he tried to – he interviewed him when he was out there in, uh, up north in the Bay Area being the interviewer. But he's like – the thing that I like about Skip, like, yeah, he says his crazy-ass takes, but he said, yeah, but I understand why he was like that. I understand like why he was going off on or not, you know, going off on people, but 
I can understand why people would say that about him, but I understand why he was the same way towards the media or why he right. was the <clears throat> right. And the wild part is like these people like are the same people who sensationalized Mark McGuire. And like that ESPN 30 for 30, I actually hated it. I had yeah, because I'm like, fam, okay, so you sensation you sensationalized the fuck out of Mark McGuire. When Mark McGuire got a hitting coaching job, it was like, oh wow, he's getting a second chance. Meanwhile, when Barry Bonds, right? But then y'all shitted on Sammy Sosa. And granted, yeah. yes, the yes, him using the the vibes cartel soap is a little sus and whatever. That's 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 that man's prerogative. And fuck it, if he wants to lighten his skin up, that's on Sammy Sosa. But Bruh, he was using his inner Jamaican, probably his inner. <laughs> Bro, he looked like he looked like uh he looked like Frankenberry. He looked like stomped out the bubble gum. Like if Randy Orton was doing that stomp to bubble gum, like a whole pack of fucking bubble gum, that's what it would be. Bruh. That he bruh. definitely, him and Rusty Simmons definitely uh, be in a tag team together. <laughs> oh my God. We're going to hell. Anyways, but Sam, but listen, man, the thing is, too, like they didn't. They kind of sensationalized. They, they didn't kind of. They did sensationalize Mark McGuire yet, kind of. They really glossed over Sammy Sosa as well. Like for a long time, Sammy Sosa was the Chicago legend. You know, Sammy Sosa. I mean, I don't think Sammy Sosa was Michael Jordan level, but he was held in a very high regard. Damn it, almost maybe. You know, I can't really speak on this because I was from Chicago, but just reading on how people were discussing things, Sammy Sosa was held in a very high regard. I mean, because he played for the Cubs, honestly. And, well, you know, I mean, so- yeah. That's that's but that's more so the team in Chicago. That's more right. so the suburban team is the Cubs, and then the the South Side or the the lower the parts white, of right. quote unquote lower White Sox. Of Chicago. Yeah, it's the White Sox. So that's right. why it's the Cubs. So, but I just yeah. say that to say how he got McGuire got sensationalized. Meanwhile, in that documentary, they kind of shit on Sammy Sosa, and I'm like, these are the same people who, you know. Regardless, if you want to, if you want to bring up the PEDs thing or not, if you really want to, if you're really gonna do that, like y'all hope y'all keep the same energy next year with A Rod and David Ortiz in that ballot. And also, if you really want to keep it a buck, even before the PEDs, if you want to take away the PED years, like I said before, Barry Bonds, Pittsburgh numbers alone get him in the Hall of Fame. Roger, Roger, even Roger Clemens, you know, Roger Clemens kind of a piece of shit too, but like Roger Clemens has much better stats than Kurt Schilling. If you want to keep it a fucking buck. Right. Shit. You tell me Roger Clemens or Kurt Schilling, one of them got to drive off this clip. I'm I'm kicking Kurt Schilling off, bro. I'm punting him off. Get him out of my community. I'm taking Roger Clemens. Thank you. It's just, that's all it is. It's just like, you know, the media just gives a vote and, the commissioner board, they give their vote. So it's too many motherfuckers that's just like they have their opinion about who should be on there based on personality and not about the stats that's there. Like if if you gotta go off somebody just using steroids, it's like, bro, like, okay, so you just took the fun out of baseball. That was the best time in the eighties and the nineties when everybody was off the shits. Right. Motherfuckers is like MLB slugger, the PS2 game. I'm gonna be slugfest. Yep. Yeah, they were just like that. So it's like, bro, you can't take that away from it. But you know, that's all it is. It's just a good boys game, or a good. 
sports, so to speak. Basically, yeah, they they sensationalized them until they got too far, and then Bud Selig was like, "No, this is bad." I'm like, "Man, y'all was bigging that shit up, though." But you know, that's what they do with everything, right? But exactly, but facts, man. But uh, yeah, baseball, y'all need to get it together. Stop being, stop being racist. Stop, stop being run like the like the uh, the government now. But um. Hey man, bro, the Dallas Mavericks are getting smoked by the Utah Jazz. I don't know if you're watching this game, bro. Oh no, no, I, t- I turned it off. Oh, uh, they, oh, oh, they getting they, bro, they getting put in the dirt. They can't play defense, bro. That's all it is. In the in the dirt, they can't play defense, and this is going back to what everybody said. Like, did the Knicks win the trade with Kristoff? Yep. Hey, people are trying to say no, they didn't, fam. They got some draft picks. He can't stay healthy. His knees are Swiss cheese. They can't play no defense. He don't know if he want to be inside the paint, outside the paint, and more so. He just want to be a spot-up three, spot-up shooter. Ass, he got his ass kicked in Latvia. Oh, that shit's still hilarious. They ain't even well, have – the funny thing about that is they didn't even jump. They ain't even hit him with the shot you get. They just kind of, like, reached up. Like, the motherfucker just had arms and just reached up. And just gave him a little uppercut real quick. No, they just beat they beat his ass. But anyways, yeah, man, the Knicks won that trade. I don't care what I don't care what you say, how you feel. And Julius Randle's playing out of his damn mind. Low key, Ju- low key. If I'm gonna keep it, a, I'm gonna keep it a being with you. I'm gonna keep it real with you. Julius Randle might go fuck around and win most of the player if he wanted to. I can see that. Ain't he averaging like 23 and 10 yep. right now? He's 23 and 11 right now. Man, it's I balling. Did. See how I'd be doing that? I ain't even had to look that up. Just watch yeah, the man. game enough. You can just make a guess, a great guesstimation, or it makes sense to put the average about that. Yeah, man. Stop, stop, stop watching just ESPN all day, man. Look at, watch League. I guess if you can't get League Pass, man, go, go, you know, I, I'm not going to, I don't want to be, a, feel like a villain for promoting this, but go watch some streams on some games, man. Just because they're on national TV don't mean the rest of the NBA is not playing. Yeah, I haven't watched the, this many Knicks games since Carmelo was here. Which is why people are like, yo, I'm watching Knicks game now. I'm like, man, you don't get the fuck. No, you're not. They're like, yeah, I am. I'm like, oh, shit. Bro, we watch Knicks games now. We watching Knicks games now. Watching Hornets games. I'm watching all types of games. Oh, yeah, I got to so, watch the first games. Lamelo on the team. They, yeah, they won today. They, 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 won, um, they won tonight. They, won by, they beat the Pacers. But, um, let yeah, him man. fuck all that. I don't care if he averaging 2.3 turnovers. Let him <laughs> play. Let my boy – I got to be like LeVar, OG LeVar. Let my boy run. I promise you let we win. Let, let, let my boy run. Never lost. Let him do his thing. Facts. Yeah, actually, Julius Randle had 16, 8, and 6. 16 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. He's averaging 22.5 points per game, 11.3 rebounds, and 6 assists. Awesome. So you was right, 23. I mean, you said 20, 22 and a half, but 20, you know, if you want to round it, 23. Hey, man, we won. Hashtag we won that trade. All-star numbers, that's uh, second team numbers as well. That's a fact, man. Julius, shout out to Julius Randle. Shout out to Emmanuel quickly. Knicks finally got a point guard, baby. Right. But Yeah, definitely. All right, speaking of it, so I guess we're in the NBA, man. Is it free Bradley Bill or did Bradley Bill dick himself this hole? No, he did. Uh, you know what's so crazy? Should he should he have signed that extension? I don't know about that. Yeah, 
Because it seemed to be I mean, that yeah, the Washington Generals just get money out. They gave it to the John Wall. That's true. The Wizards do be giving money out, you know, like it was nothing. So, but yeah, man, Bradley Beal is balling out of his mind. I mean, the guy's averaging like what thirty-five a game or something ridiculous. And no, actually, no. I'm gonna. I gotta look at that. I know he he averaged like he averaged like forty points in the last seven games. Yeah, but no, it's exactly thirty-five points, and he plays about forty-one to forty-two minutes a game. Hold on, Bradley Beal. I'm he's actually gonna run the game right now. He's averaging thirty. This man is averaging thirty-five point four points a game, and his team is three and twelve. <sighs> it can't. They can't guard a park car. They cannot. And, I mean, it's a lot of things. You know, obviously this team has been decimated by COVID. I mean, they didn't. They practically didn't play a game for two weeks. They didn't practice for nine days. Russell Westbrook is, you know, I think Russell Westbrook is still dealing with the effects of COVID. I'm not going to lie to you. Because yeah. ever since the bubble, he has not been the same. And he was, remember, he was, he was playing really well going into before the season shut down with Houston. Once they traded Clint Capella. So I mean, I feel like he's still dealing with those effects, and you know he had a he had the quad injury as well, so he hasn't been you know he just hasn't been the same. But it could Bradley be that. playing really well, and I mean it's just I I feel for the guy. I mean the guy damn near had a fucking panic attack in the game against Houston on the on the you know people were joking about it, but I'm like that shit looks like a I was like that shit looks like a panic attack for somebody who deals with anxiety and you know anxiety and depression. That was very panic attack body language, right. No, nah, passing and breathing, that, that was a panic attack. That's why I wasn't laughing at it. But going back to what you said about Russ, uh, here's what – and it just is me being non-biased because everybody know how I feel about Russ. He's one of my favorite players ever. And because he's from my city, I kind of, you know, do that thing. But pre-before, you know, the pandemic, he was averaging 30.9 points per game, if I'm not mistaken, when he was with the Rockets last year around this time. Uh, about 10 boards, which is insane for a guard, and then about eight assists. So he was playing probably his second best season ever. But then, you know, the shutdown happened. Once yep. again, Russ is 31 years old, going in, going on 32 that year, last year. So that stopped him. And for a player that just knows, you know, one type of offense, that's a lot for him to slow down. So for that shutdown for months, and he's just working out, but he's not doing basketball workouts per se. And then to well, come back after having COVID, that can slow you down. I think maybe you're right. COVID did, or it has taken effect on him because it's not he's not playing the same. But it could be more so just because his age is starting to show because we knew eventually this was going to happen. It went from him being an Ironman from high school Till he got to the league, and then Patrick Bailey hurt his knee in 2013 or 2012, and then it went from that to him being, you know, playing them near every game, and then you know he'll have some off days here and there. But now it's getting to a point where it's like it's catching up to him, and he's starting to slow down just a little bit because he's so, you know, one-dimensional when it comes to his speed of play. And his style of play offensive-wise, where it's just like, yeah, you didn't develop a jumper yet. You should have developed a jumper. So it could be a combination of those. And because it's Scott Brooks' system, and Scott Brooks is not a good coach. Well, yeah, we we were gonna I was gonna say I was gonna I wasn't gonna get into that, but since you said it, yeah, Scott Brooks is a it's funny. I and it and it's funny that we we say this because 
earlier in the year, I'm like, okay, Russell Westbrook made Scott Brooks look like a really good coach, and he may do that again. And it has been the total opposite. I mean, Ru- Scott what Scott Bro- I almost called him Scott Westbrook. Scott Brooks is not a good coach either, and it's it's just showing, man. Unfortunately, though, I feel like this hate. I think Russell Westbrook is the new Carmelo Anthony. Mm. It's funny. It regards- it's same thing, I think. Or <laughs> somewhere along the lines of that. They did actually. That's correct. Yeah, you're right. They did. Shout out to Hoops and Brew. Shout out to TBJ. Shout out Pavy. But shout it's Bob once again. Shout out Bobby Shout out REOP. Shout out all shout out all the guys. All the podcasts. But it Most you definitely. know it, it goes once again to show your work is just not, you know, something we do. It's people that actually watch the sport so they know what they're talking about. Right. It's it's the same, yeah, man. He's getting, which is valid. Yeah, he's getting, he's getting on just insanely criticized. He's the new, he's the new player that the media are gonna dump all their, you know, ridic, you know, all their feelings on. Russell Westbrook is the new guy. It was Carmelo Anthony at one point, and now, unfortunately, it's been it's Russ. And I mean, it's unfortunate, but uh, with Beal, I just don't know what they're gonna do because. The thing is, is he has that contract. It's a big contract, and also he did kind of have a verbal no trade clause with the with the Wizards, where they told, where basically he told them, "Listen, I want to stay here, but if you're gonna trade me, don't you know, don't just trade me somewhere. Like, talk to me about it. I, you know, I'm not. You're not gonna just just trade me to fucking Sacramento or something. You know what I mean? Like they, you know, it it has to make sense, and obviously, you know." As long as they do Bradley Bill right and the Wizards get what they want, like he'll do the trade. You know what I mean? Even though he said he did want to stay in, in uh, Washington, um, but it, it's going to be interesting to see because I feel like with Bill, like not only is the money a big deal because his contract, like I said, like we know his contract is a supermax, but also it has to be the right picks and the right players because Bradley Bill, if we really want to be honest, is on the championship team. On on the type of team he's on now with the Wizards, he's a he's he is the number one option. But if you look at the scope of things, he's a mid tier one option, but a excellent number two option if you put him in the right team. You know, like for example, like say if Denver, like say if Denver, you know how Denver lost a lot of those guys. You know, considering how deep their team was, like yeah. if Denver has some of those guys that they had they had from last year, like if Denver made the trade in the offseason, when they had when or even before a lot of those guys had left, mm-hmm. you know, Denver would have been a good Denver would have been a great place for him because he could score and he had you know he's on a very deep team, and Jokic him with Jokic would be crazy even though they probably would have to give with Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. and a, and Bobo and them guys aren't going to be enough. I mean, with the Heat is going to be interesting if the Heat try to get him because he could be he could be the the number the number one guy, and Jimmy Butler will be you know could fall back a little bit. Even though yes, the with the you know the Heat will have to give up something along the lines of Tyler Hero, and I don't really think that he have enough draft capital to start with that. So I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see if he does get traded or not. I honestly don't know at this rate because the Wizards are just so. The Wizards are just in a bad spot. I mean, they have a lot of young guys that are that have potential, but they you know Bradley Beal is in his prime, and he's you know unfortunately I hate to say it like this, but he's wasting his prime. Concerning how bad the team is, Russell, Russell Westbrook unfortunately isn't playing well, and to top it all off, it's not just that a series of unfortunate events. You also have a coach who is not good at Scott Brooks. Absolutely. Uh, 
you know, if he does get traded, I think he'll be perfect for the 76ers. They need give up Ben Simmons. I, I keep saying Ben Simmons is trash. I keep trying to convince him Ben Simmons is trash. I think he's only averaging like 12.9 or 14.3 points this season. He's still one-dimensional as well. Uh I think he should go to the 76ers. They need somebody that could space the floor, even though they got shooters now. And you're seeing how great it's working out for Joe MB. But they definitely, he would be a great second to Joe MB, who's probably the MVP this season. Yeah, if, if you can make that trade happen for Ben Simmons, for Bradley Bill, I would do it. But, you know, I, I, I feel like Bill's contract is a little bit bigger. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out in the next coming weeks. He hasn't said anything, and I commend him for that. But you know, this is his greatest season offensively offensive wise. So he'll be an all-star. He'll be probably scoring champ and probably make second team just off uh scoring alone. No, definitely. I mean it's gonna be like like you know, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens, man. Um but yeah, I mean, hey man, is it is it hashtag free Bradley Bill? I mean, we'll find we'll find out we'll find out as the season progresses. Speaking of free, free Deshaun Watson too, because brother Houston, huh? Houston, the Houston Texans are a mess. I mean, Deshaun Watson, you know, this is not this ain't really new news, mm-hmm. even though it's a I guess because it's official, it's considered new news. But Deshaun Watson said, "Get me the fuck out of Houston. Um, I do not care who they hired. They could fucking hire Johnny Cochran as the coach for all I care." Uh, they could hire fucking Mike Tomlin. They could hire anybody, any fucking coach. I'm not – I want out of Houston. And um, we don't know where he's going. It could be Miami. It could be San Francisco. It could be the Jets. It could be whoever. He does have a no-trade clause as well. And free Deshaun Watson, man. I mean, I, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it we'll, – we'll, we'll keep it – we'll keep it brief. Yeah, uh – you know, I'm glad that he has a uh, no trade clause, which means, you know, they can't just send him anywhere because they tend to do that a lot in the NFL. If you want to leave, they'll just send you fucking anywhere. So, you know, right. we heard about Miami probably getting a tool to for him. But I really, you know, if I'm the Rams, I'm trying to trade Jared Goff and probably some picks for Deshaun, bro. It's funny you're saying that because um, supposedly the, Ram, the Rams are looking at uh, Matt, uh, Matthew Stafford. Um, excuse me. Matthew Patford. Excuse me. I mean Matthew Stafford. Yeah, they said the Cowboys trying to get him as well, bro. I'm like, I, it just, you know, it's one of the things. We just want a white quarterback. Yo, Matt Stafford had $72 million contract in his rookie year, and they only made the playoffs shit once, if that. I mean, listen, bro. The Detroit, bro, listen, listen, Bank. The Detroit Lions are the projects, man. Yeah, they had a generational wide receiver and a generational running back, and both of them couldn't even play ten years in the league. Bro, Barry Sanders, fuck my favorite player ever. Bro, Barry Sanders, one of my favorite players ever. Then you got Megatron, a first ballot Hall of Famer, a six six fucking wide out. Where do you get those from? And they just like, yeah, bro, this ain't it, Chief. Yeah, man. Uh, Megatron, who? Uh, we're Detroit. We'll be fine. Yo, he deserved better. If he would have played with Aaron Rodgers if in the alternate universe, if he would have been on that team with Aaron Rodgers on the Packers, bro, Aaron Rodgers probably would have had two or three championships. 
Definitely. Definitely, man. But with Deshaun, man, I just hope, you know, if he gets traded to, a, you know, he has the no trade clause, which I'm glad because, like you were saying, at the rate the NFL owners like to play around with, bro, they'll trade that motherfucker to fucking, I don't even know. Like, the Colts. <laughs> yeah, like, would, I don't. Which would really be bad. Him on the coast, but it'd be but considering how stupid Houston is, like you trading them to a division rival is absolutely dumb. So, when your yeah. all pro wide out being DeAndre Hopkins just says, like, you know what, I'm gonna head out and go to Arizona. No, they no, he didn't say I'm gonna head out. They traded him for no for 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 a running back who who got hurt in the first year and has I have I don't even know where's what is Duke Johnson doing. Yeah, no, that's what I was about to say. I'm gonna head. He he was basically saying, "Oh wow, I'm gonna head out." But they said, "No, you gonna head out because we telling you to head out." So they gave him up. Then they got a new coach. Uh, I feel like they've been through like two or three coaches in the past couple of years, but I'm yeah probably not nice. But you know, you got this star quarterback that's just like you know what. I don't need this shit. And I don't give leave. a fuck. He said, I don't give a fuck who you hire. I'm leaving, bro. And it's crazy to say that. And then, you know what I mean? Like, his own teammates support him. Yeah. That's how wild it is. I mean, he basically, he, ba- like, it's it's crazy. It's it's just crazy like how badly how badly the the Texans have, man- have mismanaged. Like, that, that Hopkins trade, I'm not going to lie, set them back. They don't even have a first-round pick in this draft. Like mm-hmm. the, the the that set that franchise back. I'm I'll you know what maybe I'm exaggerating, maybe I'm not. I don't really care. That trade that hop that DeAndre Hopkins trade set the Texas back 10 years. Uh I can see that, bro, because now he's leaving forcefully. He's saying he's not gonna play, even if y'all try to keep him. He's not gonna be convinced to stay, but then now you don't have a draft pick to pick up, and then unless you're scouting like a 2024 pick that you can get, it's just like y'all not, y'all not making the playoffs. Like I didn't make the playoffs this year. You won't be making the playoffs for a while unless you, you know, what I mean, make something happen with another quarterback. But that's I doubt that it happened. So it's just like because nobody, everybody's starting to see how the Texans overall are bad as a franchise from the ownership all the way down. So it's like nobody wants to play here. They clearly don't give a fuck. Like they're literally just like, yeah, we we listen. We made money as long as we turn a profit. It doesn't matter if we go zero and sixteen. We don't care. And it sucks because I wish like there was a system where you could, you can either incentivize or punish owners for not, for either being good owners and being being owners that do right by the by the players and the franchise and the organization and the fans and such, or be shitty owners like the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans, you know, they made. You know, the owner was making racist comments. Bill O'Brien fucking sabotaged the team. I mean, we, we could talk about it. I mean, shit. They, bro, think about this. In the trade deadline, they almost traded Will Fuller. Granted, Will Fuller does get hurt often, but, like, fam. Like, how you trade away your, your, your best receiver at the time at, right after that? And Deshaun Watson threatened him. He was like, bro, you trade him. I'm not playing. And granted, he finished the season, but shit, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I ain't playing at all, bro. Unless I get shit, I ain't playing for them. I, I don't blame him at all. Absolutely. So, you know, that that's that's basically what I would say as well. We, we're agreeing on that on so many levels. It's just, you know, 
sit out, man. But they, they definitely got to get rid of him. You just don't want to have a player there that doesn't want to be there, particularly a star player, and then you could lose assets. Definitely, man. Here, so. Hey, listen, man. Deshaun Watson, Bradley Bill, hold your heads, man. Yeah. Soon. Free, them, free, free them till it's spelled backwards. Right. They they definitely about to be free soon. They, they, damn, they damn near like Tony Ayo and Max B right now. Right, right, right. <laughs> Bobby Schmurter. Shit, Bobby, Bobby Schmurter, Deshaun Watson and Bradley Bill, Bobby Schmurter and Roddy Rebel. Free the guy, free the guys. Speaking of, uh, you know, I know we talked about this already. Uh, the next one, the trade, Chris Das Porzingis has three points, three rebounds, and three fouls. Butterfinger legs, bro. That's all that Nick, is. And this is, the, the, bro, the first half ain't even over, man. Knicks won that trade. Absolutely. Man, man, you got you got any any parting remarks that you would like to say? Oh uh, no, I just want to say, man, you know, everybody tap into what we doing. Uh, you know, as always, we get our plugs and follow me at Banks No Rest 2 B A N K S N O R E S T 2. See what I got working on with that. Shouts out to Struggle for Success Pod, our network. Shouts out to Nico, Jamal, Donnie, uh, Random Max of Podcast. Shouts out to Barbershare Network, Hoops and Brews, Black Variant, uh, Black Announce Table, Black Wrestling. Uh, yeah, otherwise, than that. Just do your research. Go ahead, get your plug in, my brother. Hey man, follow me at Who Is Original. Uh, follow me on Twitter. I mean, I'm on Clubhouse as well. You can see me there as also. Um, and I just want to say another thing, real briefly, bro. Listen, man, we ain't talk about the stocks, and I'm gonna keep it real brief, man. Listen, you can't sell. We we sell drugs, you persecute us. We sell stocks, you persecute us. So what the fuck do you expect us to do, man? We just trying to make some money. Hey, and on that note, be safe though. Wash your facts. Wash your wash your ass. Wear a mask. Protect yourself at all times. You know what I mean? We still we still in a um. We still, in, we still in a Pangea. We still in a Panama. We still at, we still at a Pantene. We still in a Panda Express, man. So be safe though. All day. You know what I mean? So on that note, 